where Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then you're not a Christian. So it's a pretty important question to answer. Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Because if you don't, you're not a Christian. You're not a follower of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, then your destiny is not heaven. You don't have a relationship with this God that we talk about. And so it's pretty important for us to answer the question, do I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me? And the next question that 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 question leads us to is, well, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me? What are the evidences that I have the Spirit of God living inside of me? And then last Sunday, too, somebody was sharing and kind of had an open time of, of discussion, and someone said, I, I really just want to know, how do I tap in? Right? How do I tap into the power and the presence of this Holy Spirit who lives inside of me? So this morning, I want to answer those two questions. I want to answer the question, um, how do you know, what evidences uh, do you have or are there that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you? And then the second question that I want us to look at this morning is how do you tap into that? How do you tap into the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit who does live inside of you? Francis Chan says, says this, in this book, Forgotten God, we have 10 copies, so the first 10 people... It's yours, okay? Like Kyle said, thank you guys for giving. When you give generously to Living Church, you enable us to provide resources like this. Any of the books that are back there are yours for the taking. So that we want to be an equipping church to equip you to live the mission that Jesus has called us to. And so you you make these things possible. So grab that book if you've never read it before. It's phenomenal. Um, But Francis Chan, the author of that book, says this. He says, if it's true that the Spirit of God dwells in us, and that our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple, then shouldn't there be a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living inside of him or her and the person who doesn't? Let that sit for a little bit. If it's true that the Spirit of God lives inside you as a disciple, then shouldn't your life look a little different, maybe not a little different, but a lot different from those who don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them? So this morning, as Kyle said, we're in week two of a two-week series, getting to know the Holy Spirit. We're going to answer, seek to answer as best we can from Scripture two questions. What are the evidences? What evidences are there that uh, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you? And then how do you tap into that? How do you tap into the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? And we're just going to look at several things. Okay, there's, there's a lot more to cover than what we're going to cover this morning related to those two questions, but we're going to at least scratch the surface of those. So the first question is this, what are the evidences that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you? I just want us to look at three this morning. What are the evidences that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you? The first one is, do you see his fruit? Go with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. The evidence is that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And really, I want you to ask yourself three questions. Do I see his fruit? Do I see his fruit? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Paul writes, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Paul is writing and he's saying, listen, if, if you have the Spirit, there's some characteristics, there's some qualities, some traits that should be evident in your life, that you should You should be characterized as a person who's loving, 
patient joy, and you're growing in these qualities. I mean, if you plant an apple seed into the ground, what should you expect to come from that apple seed? You can say it out loud. It's okay. Apples, okay? If, if you plant a cherry seed into the ground and it grows, what should you expect? Cherries. I, I grew up in Mount Vernon, Ohio, and um, our church that I went to, right next door to it was an orchard. A Twin Oaks Orchard, owned by the Rockwell family, Ivan and Bessie Rockwell. And I remember as a kid, going through the orchard, they had cherry trees and they had apple trees. And going with my parents, getting the ladder out, and we'd climb the, the ladder and we'd pull these, these cherries off the tree or the apples off the tree. Why? Because that's what they were. That's what they produced. They were apple trees. If somebody, years before, we picked the fruit, someone had planted an apple seed into the ground and the tree grew. And out from that seed came apples or cherries. Same with you. If you have the Spirit of God planted inside of you, this is the fruit that he produces. You're growing in this. So if you were to look at your life and you say, yeah, since I've known Christ, I've seen myself growing in these areas. I've become more loving, more joyful, more patient, having more self-control. Do you see his fruit in your life? That's what he produces. And really, probably the best people to ask is, it's not you. (laughs) Ask those people around you and say, do you see these fruit in my life? Do you see this? Do you see this cluster? Do you see me as a person that's growing, as a loving person, joyful? Do you see his fruit? Next question, do you see his gifts? Do you see his gifts? Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Now, let me just say, I said it last week, I'm, I'm growing in this with you, okay? I'm learning some things here as it relates to the Holy Spirit. So, so I want you to know I'm, I'm journeying with this, with you through this as we're learning about who he is and what he does. Evidence is that the Holy Spirit is living inside you. Do you see his fruit in your life? Romans chapter 12, next question. Do you see gifts? Do you see his gifts in your life? Look at verse 4 through, through 8. Paul writes, he says, For as in one body we have many members. Now he's using the analogy or the metaphor of a physical body. To illustrate his point, he's saying, for as in one body, we have many members. You know, you have a physical body, you have fingers, you have toes, you have eyes, you have nose, right? You have ears. I mean, all those have different functions, different uses. And so he says, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts, verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. And so he's listing some of these gifts. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What's Paul saying? He's saying, listen, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you have received certain abilities, if you will, specific to you for the purpose of encouraging and helping the church grow in their understanding of who Jesus is and in their obedience to Jesus. So at the moment the Spirit comes in you, he, he gives you gifts, certain abilities that are, and he says, let us use them. Use these. Well, where do these gifts come from? Go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Where do these gifts come from? So if you're a disciple of Jesus, you have received certain gifts specific for the church, specific to be used to help the church grow in its maturity in Jesus Christ. Well, where do these gifts come from? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Paul writes to this church. He says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each disciple, is given, right, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Do you want to see the presence of the Spirit? Serve the church. Use the gifts and abilities that God has given to you to help the church, the body of Christ. You see, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the display of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit. So these gifts and abilities that you have specific for helping the church are given to you by the Spirit of God. The utterance of wisdom. And again, here's another list. The utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. So the power to use these gifts comes from the Spirit of God, but keep reading verse 11, who apportions or distributes to each one individually as he wills. So right where you sit, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you have been giving something, been given something from God himself specific to help the person that's in sitting in front of you and behind you and beside you. Do you see his gifts? You know, you look at that list and some of those, I'm like, I'm still trying to understand some of these and how this looks in in the community of disciples. But they're there. And we see them used throughout Scripture for the purpose, again, of helping the church understand who Christ is and grow in their obedience of Jesus Christ and their display of Christ to a world that needs Jesus. And all these are empowered by the same Spirit. And I just want to say so many of you already are serving the church in so many different ways. And a big shout out to you guys and the different gifts and abilities that God has given to you. But you've been in a house church setting maybe and, 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 and someone has been teaching and you're like, wow, you come away from them teaching. You're like, man, that's, they're really gifted at being able to take the scripture and communicate it in a way that I can understand. That's, that's a gift given to that individual from the Spirit of God. Or maybe you see people and they're just always willing to help no matter what. They stay around after, put up chairs, or maybe a house church, they're there, what do you need? And then you can just tell they, they're not doing it with a grudge or because you know, they don't want to, they're doing it because they enjoy doing it. They just enjoy serving. That comes from the Spirit of God for the purpose of helping the church. And so do you see his fruit? Do you see his gifts in your life? You go, well, what's my gift? You know, what, 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 what has the Spirit of God given me to help the church? Well, just ask those that know you. Say, so what do you see I'm good at? What do you see that? And just ask people. 
man, God's giving you some wisdom. You're just so discerning. Well, how can you use that to help the church? There's all kinds of spiritual gifts tests, if you will, all over the internet, all right? And I found one, Kyle and I were looking this week and, and, I, and happened to find one, and I took it this week, and there's like 105 question tests, right? And I'm like, I'm always kind of leery about that stuff. I'm like, whatever. These people don't know me. It's rigged, whatever. And so I took it, and it gave me my top three, and it pegged me like crazy. First one was apostle, kind of a visionary apostle. Second was pastoring. And the third one was leadership. So here's what we're going to do. This week on our Living Church Facebook page, we're going to post that link, the link to that spiritual gifts test. And I want to encourage everyone to go there, and I want you to take the spiritual gifts test. But listen, that test does no good if you don't use what the Spirit has given you for the purpose of helping the church grow. Do you have any desire at all to serve God's people? Any. Do you have any desire at all to just... Yeah, I want to know what the Spirit's given me so I can use it to help the people sitting next to me grow in, in, in the relationship with Jesus. Listen, if you have the, the Spirit of God, there should be a desire there to help the church. Help your house church, serve, be there, be present, and serve whatever ways. And evidence that you have the Holy Spirit living inside you is do you see His fruit? Do you see His gifts? And third, do you see His power? Do you see his power? Go with me to the Gospel of Luke. We looked at the next two passages last week, but I want to see them again. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Verse 49. He says this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with what? With power. With power from on high. Go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Familiar verse for some of us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Luke is writing. Now this is the sequel, as we've shared, to the Gospel of Luke. And he quotes Jesus saying this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you, talking to disciples, will receive power when? When are you going to receive this power? What does it say? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. Now let me tell you about that word power. The New Testament is written in the language of Greek. The Greek word that Luke uses here for power is where we get our English word dynamite. You know what dynamite does? It explodes. It's explosive. Right? It it changes things. So I looked up other words like dynamic. Here's what dynamic means. It's a power that produces change. Now apply that to the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Inside of you is this explosive person who produces change. That's awesome. That is incredible to me. John Piper says this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a silent influence, but an experienced power. Well, power for what? All kinds of things, but let me just give us two. A power for what? A power to resist temptation. 
A power to resist the urges of sin. Luke chapter 4. If you go back to the Gospel of Luke, we see the example of Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of this explosive power, returns from the Jordan and is led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And you can read the rest of that passage, and what you find out is that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, resisted the temptations of the enemy. So do you see his fruit in your life? Do you see gifts that he's given you, and you're using them for the church? Do you see victory over sin? Do you see victory over sin in your life? J.D. Greer, pastor in North Carolina, describes a, a man who was struggling with a deep, dark sexual sin. And, and this guy was doing everything he could to try to overcome it, but it wasn't until he understood the Holy Spirit that God gave him victory. Listen to how he describes this. He says, A friend of mine struggled for years with a dark sexual sin and, despite reading all the books, Memorizing an army of verses and endless hours of counseling, he was never able to gain victory. Recently, he told me God had given him a measure of victory. When I asked what made the difference, he told me he'd been mentored by someone who related to the Holy Spirit like a person. He says, this man helped me see the Holy Spirit as a real presence, beckoning me each day to follow him, he remarked. I realized that this struggle wasn't something God wanted me to overcome for him, but something about which God was telling me to trust him as he overcame it through me. That changed everything, the guy says. Do you see his power? Do you see sins that maybe you struggled with for years and you're starting to see it's less and less through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the presence of the Holy Spirit? This power to resist temptation. It's power to have victory over sin. The same power, Paul writes in Ephesians, that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in you. Because that was the power of the Holy Spirit. That lives in you. And that power that got Jesus through some of the most difficult times in his life will get you through the most difficult times of your life. What else does this power do? Well, go with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. So what evidence do you see of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you see his fruit? Do you see gifts that he's given you and you see yourself with a desire to serve the church and want to use those to serve the church? Do you see his power, power over sin in your life? Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. Peter is writing and he says, as obedient children... Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Peter is talking to Christians. He's talking to disciples like you and me, and he's saying, listen, you need to be holy in all your conduct. You need to be obedient children. How in the world do you do that? Look at verse 2 of chapter 1. I think he gives us the answer. He says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for what? 
for obedience to Jesus Christ. Remember last week we had a string and we talked about how that represented you living your life for Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, you can't do this. You can't live this life apart from the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying here. You can't obey the teachings of Jesus. You can't live a life where people see Christ in you without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit in you that enables you to make choices that please Jesus. To obey him. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Do you see his power to resist temptation? Do you see his power to obey Christ? 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. Paul writes to this church, he says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who don't know God. So again, going back to Francis Chan's quotation, Paul is saying there should be a difference between how someone uses their body who has the Holy Spirit and someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit and how they use their body. He's saying not in the passion of lust, verse 5, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. Sorry, I just went on avenger word and all kinds of movies came up. Um, the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And Hebrews tells us that it's through your holiness that people see Christ. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God. Why? Because he's given you the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to help you live this life in obedience to Jesus Christ out of love for who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And so the power of the Holy Spirit, do you see, do you see victory over sin? Do you see yourself growing in obedience to the commands of Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself able to love even when you don't feel like it? Do you, do you see yourself able to forgive when they keep hurting you over and over and over again. You can't do that on your own except with, except with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can. Do you see yourself bringing Jesus up in conversations? How do you do through the power of the Holy Spirit? Through his presence in you. You can't obey the commands of Jesus apart from the power and the presence of, of the Spirit. That's what he's saying. I mean, there's a reason why he's called Holy Spirit. Not lukewarm spirit. Not I'll get around to being obedient sometimes spirit. But Holy Spirit. To grow you in conformity to who Jesus is. Let me just say something. I see a lot of Christians who forget that the Holy Spirit is just as present when you are alone and have to make a decision or choice of holiness as he is when you're Friday night, Saturday night, worshiping with your house church. He is just as powerful and just as present in those moments of choices 
And we cannot forget that. We can't. He's just as powerful and he's just as present when you are there and you have to make a decision. Am I going to resist the temptation or give in to the temptation? You got to, the Holy Spirit is living inside you. He's just as powerful to remove you from that situation, to give you the power to resist and to, and, and to live holy as he is when you've got your arms raised, lifting up, singing, no longer a slave. He's just as powerful. He's just as present. And that's good. That's great. We can't forget that. J.D. Greer says this, The Spirit isn't given so we can be empowered for ease and wealth, but so that we can be more like Him and more engaged in His mission. So do you see evidence of the Holy Spirit? Do you see His fruit in your life? Do you see, see His gifts and a desire to serve those sitting next to you? Do, do you see His power in your life? Do you see growth in those areas? Well, how do you tap in to that person and power of the Holy Spirit? Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Next question. How do we tap into that? Somebody asked that question last week. thought it was a great question. Ephesians chapter 1. How do you tap into experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Paul writes, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So Paul is writing, saying, when you heard the gospel, and when you believed the gospel, in that moment, God sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of you, to seal you, to promise you as the down payment, guaranteeing you that all the promises of God are yours, and that the promise that you will be with him one day in heaven is guaranteed. So in that moment of belief, and Peter even said this in Acts chapter 2, he said, when you repent, all right, believing Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you receive the Holy Spirit. So there's a moment when you receive the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that moment of salvation, that moment of belief. You say, okay, I get that. But how do I keep experiencing this Holy Spirit? Right? How, how, do, how do I keep experiencing his power? Well, let me try to illustrate this. I've done this... I don't think I've done it here yet, but I've used this illustration before. I want you to imagine that this glass, all right, this glass of milk, all right, that's you. All right, that, that, that is you. This is you without the Holy Spirit. This is you. Not, you don't know Jesus, all right? You haven't repented of your sins, believing Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's you, all right? Now let's imagine that this good stuff is the Holy Spirit. All right, this is the Holy Spirit. You repent of your sins, believing Jesus Christ, His death, burial, resurrection, and through Him, He served the sentence that you deserve for your sins. You're believing that. You're committing your life to surrender to Him. And He sends the wonderful Holy Spirit into you. All right, He's there. He is there. He's there. Right? You've got the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You have Him. How do you experience Him? <laughs> right? How do you tap in? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, 18. It says this, Paul writes, he says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, that word filled could literally read like this. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. So if you can keep on being filled with something, 
That's God, I mean, you can keep on receiving that something, right? I mean, that's what he's saying. But you said, but I have the Holy Spirit. How do I keep on tapping in and experiencing the Holy Spirit? Well, keep reading. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I think one of the ways that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is when we gather with other believers in worship. Because if you've got the Holy Spirit and I've got the Holy Spirit, it sounds like a cheer, doesn't it? We got the Holy Spirit, right? So when we gather together, you should experience and see the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in one another. That's what he's saying. All right, and so as you gather with the church, serving the church, worshiping together with the church, you're stirring up, all right, you're starting to see the Holy Spirit start to permeate a little bit more throughout your life. Then what else? How else do we experience and tap into the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. So we've seen you got you experience power in the presence of the Holy Spirit when you're with the church, when you're with the community of disciples, when you're with your house church, serving, worshiping. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Check out what Paul says here. Verse 11, he says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You can't comprehend what God is thinking apart from the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Now we receive, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. What's he saying? When you come to the scriptures and you open up the Bible and you start reading it and there's something, the light comes on, you're like, I never saw that before. Or you're starting to make sense of what it's meaning. What are you doing? You're experiencing right there in that moment the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because only, he, only He's the one that can help you understand the truth of Scripture. The thoughts of God. Praising and serving the church is how we can experience. And there's loads of other ways. I'm just hitting on a few. All right, and, and reading your Bible and studying God's Word. 1 Peter 1, 2, we already looked at that, obedience to Christ. In that moment when you're choosing holiness, when you're choosing to be obedient to Christ as opposed to, re- to giving into the urges of sin, you're experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, starting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, 8, another way that you experience the, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive a power for what? When you make disciples. As you bring up Jesus in conversation, whether it be at work, in your cubicle, or whatever on the nurse's floor, whatever it might be, or at school, and you're bringing Jesus up in conversation, you're living in obedience to Jesus Christ, you're experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, can I just be honest with us for a moment? I think there's a ton of Christians who never experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit because they're not with the church. They don't read their Bible. They don't serve the church. They could care less about being obedient in the dark times of life or when they're by themselves. And they're not talking to anybody about Jesus. 
And we want the Spirit to move. Guys, He's here, ready to explode in power. That's who He is and what He does. And as we gather with the church, as we use the gifts that he's given to us, supernatural gifts, natural abilities, as we use those gifts to serve the church, as we, as we read our Bibles, we study the scriptures together, as we're telling people about Jesus, in those moments we're experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. What would a church look like that's being filled with the Spirit? Well, let me show you what it would look like. Can I show you what the church would look like if, it experience, if it's living experiencing in relationship the person and presence of the Holy Spirit? Let me show you. This. It would look like this. Right? It would look like this. This is good stuff. It would look like that. So can we be this? Can we? Yes. How? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So how do you know he's there? He's right here. Do you see his fruit? Do you see his gifts? Do you see his power? How do you tap into him? Gather with the church. Worship. Speak psalms and hymns to one another. Soak in what he's teaching you through the word. Serve each other. Share Jesus with others. Be obedient to him. That's how. And we're just scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. So if, I'm going to ask the band to come. If, if we really believe, right? I want you to finish this statement. If, if the personal, invisible power and presence of the Holy Spirit is right here, is right here, if, 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 then what's that mean for you? I want you to pull out your phone, if you have a phone. Or if you have a pen and paper, you can use that. I want you to finish this statement that you see on the screen. If the personal, invisible power and presence of the Holy Spirit is right here, living inside you, then you finish the statement. If he's right here, you know what that means? He's speaking right now. And here's what I want us to do while they sing this next song. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now, right here? And on your phone, piece of paper, I want you to finish the statement. What's he saying to you? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe you've never repented of your sins believing Jesus. Maybe that's what he's saying to you. Maybe it's about a relationship that you're in, or maybe it's about just a sin in your life. I don't know, but what's he saying to you? Because the Holy Spirit is right here, right here. So you listen as the Holy Spirit speaks to you while they sing this song.